Can we hear me now? Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, December 27th regular meeting. I'd like to call this meeting to order. I'd like to ask Councilmember Beal to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Would you please rise and join me in saluting the flag of our great nation? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Roll call, please. Mayor Holloway. Here. Mayor Pro Tem Gamble. Here. Councilmember Beal. Here. Councilmember Figueroa. Here. Councilmember McGurr. Here. Thank you. Item one, schedule of future events 1.1. I'd like to turn it over to our city manager. Thank you very much, Mayor Holloway and members of the city council. We are pleased to announce that we will be having the next electronic waste disposable and document shredding event on Saturday, October 14th from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, and that's located at the Applied Medical R100 parking lot. This event is open to everyone that would like to properly discard their old electronic items. Items that will be accepted include monitors, television sets, mouse, keyboards, cables and cords, computers, printers, hard drives, shredders, cell phones, power supplies, telephones, laptop servers, DVDs and VCRs, copiers and fax machines. We will not be accepting sharps, kitchen appliances, batteries, smoke detectors, or fluorescent tubes. This is also a document shredding event and it's a great time to get rid of all of those old documents that you no longer need. Please bring your paper records and documents in a standard size file box. The documents will be shredded on site at no cost. There is a limit of 10 boxes per household and or business. Lastly, while advertising for this event, the city is continuing to put a strong emphasis on reminding RSM residents that they have access to four free curbside bulky item pickups from CR&R annually. This benefit is a great opportunity for residents to clear out their garages and dispose of other large items at their convenience. To schedule a pickup, please call CRNR at 877-728-0446. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Item 2, 2.1, I'd like to invite forward Josh Bastian, the president with the RSM Chamber of Commerce, to provide a brief update to the council. Very brief. We've got a full house tonight, so I don't want to take up too much of anyone's time. Mayor Holloway and council members, for those in the audience that don't know me, my name's Josh Bastian, and I'm the president of the RSM Chamber of Commerce, and I wanted to thank you for the opportunity this evening to give you an update on what the chamber has been up to, and more importantly, uh, an update on Rancho Family Fest. Um, first off, our membership growth, our chamber has experienced a remarkable surge in membership, and we're now nearing 170 members. Um, so this growth is a clear indication of what the value of Rancho Family Fest provides to our business community. It's been awesome to see more and more businesses re uh, recognizing the benefits of being a part of our chamber. Um, increased vendor participation this year. This year's Rancho Family Fest is set to be bigger and better than ever. Uh, we've attracted a record number of food and business vendors, and the overwhelming interest from vendors reflects the event's growing reputation 
as a prime opportunity for businesses to connect with our community. And we've reached a point where accommodating all of these vendors has been an actual uh, wonderful problem to have. Um, on uh, the chamber side, uh, we've got new amba uh, ambassadors. We've brought on several new ambassadors, and you may see them when you're walking around town. Um, please make sure to stop and say hello. They'll also be volunteering at Rancho Family Fest, um, and we've been onboarding them, and they're truly making a positive impact. They've taken the initiative uh, this year to launch a bi-monthly business connection group. So they're meeting in the morning at different restaurants and here at um, uh, the Bell Tower. Um, but this group provides a valuable space for members to connect, share ideas, and foster uh, collaborations. It's an excellent example of how our chamber is fostering a sense of community among our members. This is a big one, uh, shop and dine program update. The rapid growth of our shop and dine program is a testament to its success. We now have 12 members actively participating and more are showing interest every day. And this program not only supports local businesses, but also serves as a magnet to attract new members to our chamber. It's a win-win initiative that boosts the local economy and strengthens our chambers simultaneously. Um, future growth, looking ahead, we're excited about the continued growth of shop and dine. As we onboard more businesses, we anticipate an even broader reach and more significant benefits for both our chamber and the local community. This program is just one example of our commitment to fostering economic growth and community development in Rancho Santa Margarita. In conclusion, the growth and success of Rancho Family Fest, the active participation of our ambassadors, and the rapid expansion of our Shop and Dine program all point to a thriving and dynamic chamber that is making meaningful impact on our community. And together, we are building a stronger and more prosperous, sorry, prosperous future for Rancho Santa Margarita. So um, with that being said, I hope all of you will see you October 7th and 8th in Central Park for Rancho Family Fest. Thank you, sir. Everybody's excited about uh, Rancho Family Fest. And Thank you for always mentioning Shop and Die, and seems like with more and more brick mortar locations closing, we just need to make sure that you know, we, we spend our money in Rancho to make sure these businesses stay open. So thanks for everything you and your, your entire organization does. Our volunteer organization. Yes, volunteer, <laughs> right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Item 2.2, we have a proclamation, Hunger Action Month. I'd like to ask the Mayor Pro Tem to join me up front. I'd like to invite Malia Carey, Government of Public Affairs Manager with Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County. Come on up. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you. We're going to read a little bit about this proclamation. Whereas hunger and poverty are issues of concern in California, where 10.5% of Californians face food insecurity on a daily basis, and one in every seven California children do not know where their next meal will come from. Everyone needs nutritious food to th thrive, 
and people are working hard to provide for themselves and their families, yet over 267,000 individuals, including over 64,000 children in Orange County, are food insecure. Whereas the city is committed to taking steps to combat hunger in every part of our community and to provide additional resources that those in Rancho Santa Margarita need. The city is committed to working with the Abound Food Care, Orange County Food Bank, and Second Harvest Food Bank, collectively known as Orange County Hunger Alliance, in educating people about the role and importance of food banks and food care in addressing hunger and raising awareness of the need to devote more resources and attention to hunger issues. Whereas in the first half of 2023, Orange County Food Bank and Second Harvest Food Bank collectively recorded an average of 888,000 food distribution visits per month from our neighbors facing food insecurity. In the first half of 2023, Orange County Food Bank and Second Harvest Food Bank collectively distributed 33 million pounds of food through its partner network of food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, senior centers, schools, colleges, universities, and other community organizations. Hold on, there's more. Additionally, in the first half of 2023, Abound Food Care has recovered 300,000 pounds of food, reducing food waste and diverting food to those who need it. The month of September has been designated Hunger Action Month in order to bring attention to food insecurity in our communities and to enlist the public in the movement to end hunger by taking action to ensure every community has food they need to, th to thrive. Food banks and other organizations hosting events throughout the month of September help to bring awareness and help to end food insecurity in our local community. Food banks are listed at www.feedoc.org. Now, therefore, on behalf of the city council, our city staff, and all of our residents of Rancho Santa Margarita, we do hereby recognize September 23, 2023 as Hunger Action Month. Thank you. There's a lot of numbers there, and, and I'll tell you, I, I did not know that it was that uh, dire. Uh, could you talk about this a little bit more? Sure, absolutely. Good evening. As the mayor introduced me, my name is Malia. I actually work at Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County. I'm here on behalf of the Orange County Hunger Alliance, so that comprises both of Orange County's food banks, Second Harvest and OC Food Bank up in Garden Grove, as well as Abound Food Care, which is another anti-hunger nonprofit here in Orange County. Um, as the mayor mentioned, you covered all the stats, so thank you for getting through that. Um, but the hunger crisis in Orange County, even though the pandemic is behind us, the hunger crisis is still very much relevant. I'm sure you know grocery prices are high, inflation is high, um, and earlier this year, a lot of the uh, additional food aid that was provided during the pandemic has now gone away. So uh, folks are now seeing, you know, trying to make more money go further, or, or less money go further, sorry. <laughs> um, so, so the food crisis, as far as we're concerned at food banks, we're seeing that increased need steadily every month, um, starting at the beginning of this year, actually. So, so September is Hunger Action Month. So that's kind of our big advocacy and hunger awareness month here in Orange County, just to draw attention to these issues. And uh, we're very proud that, um, very thankful that the 
the city of RSM has uh, declared September as Hunger Action Month. We're proud that all 34 Orange County cities this year have declared September as Hunger Action Month, including the County of Orange as well. So we're very thankful for our civic support. Um, we couldn't do it without you guys. So, And I do want to note as well, one of our really strong partner pantries is RSM Cares, right here in RSM. So, so um, we have local food distribution as well. So, so thank you. Thank you, Council. Thank you all. Perfect. Item three, public comments. This is the time to address the city council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person and a time limit of 15 minutes for this segment of the public comments portion of the agenda. I'd like to invite, well, this person, it just says someone representing themselves as a resident, doesn't have a name. The person here. Uh, the address is here, Solero. Good evening. Good evening, Mayor Holloway and council members. Thank you very much for allowing me the time to come and speak with you this evening. My name is Shelley Ocon, and I am a Rancho Santa Margarita resident and homeowner. I'd like to thank you before I start for the care and consideration that you take in making decisions for our community. And I want to just tell you, I'm very proud and very, very happy living in Rancho Santa Margarita. I think this is a lovely city and community. I'm here to share some information about concerns with election integrity in hopes of enlisting your help so we might keep the city in Orange County wonderful places to live. I've recently become involved in two local groups of concerned citizens advocating to improve election integrity and voter confidence in Orange County. I've seen each of these groups present alarming statistics about how many vote errors are slipping through the cracks of our voting system due to the recent changes in how we manage and conduct our elections. I'd like to share just a few statistics that have been presented at these meetings. According to a poll done last July by the Transparency Foundation, 60% of California voters don't trust our elections. Orange County voter participation dropped by 16% from 2018 to 2022. Additionally, in 2022, nearly 50,000 vote-by-mail ballots sent out to Orange County voters were returned as undeliverable by the U.S. Postal Service. For the 2022 general election, 6,071 more ballots were certified by the Orange County Register of Voters than were actually voted at vote centers. 
And one last statistic, according to the OCROV's data and the USPS National Change of Address database, approximately 32,000 people who submitted a change of address outside of Orange County voted in the 2022 general election in Orange County. I hope you find these numbers as startling as I do, as they do speak to the integrity of our elections. I don't, I feel that election integrity is not a partisan issue, and I don't stand before you as either a Democrat or a Republican. I feel it's our constitutional and God-given right to free and fair elections, and to have our vote count in determining the affairs of our republic and choosing who we want to represent us in this republic. I wanted to make you aware of some recent positive developments in the city of Huntington Beach. Earlier this month, they approved a resolution to have voters decide in the 2024 March primary election on a charter amendment to require voter ID, more in-person voting locations, monitoring of drop boxes, and more autonomy for the city attorney in investigating and policing elections. I understand that- Excuse me, one second, if you could conclude your comments. Yes. Please. Um, I urge you to follow the example set by the city of Huntington Beach and propose similar resolutions. Additionally, I'd like to request the opportunity to meet with each of you personally and present these statistics to you. Thank you again for your time and attention. Thanks in advance for your help and I hope to have the opportunity to meet with you. Thank you very much again. Thank you for your comments. Next public speaker, uh, Ethan Murray from Senator Blake Spears office with a legislative update. Hello, thank you for having me today. It's nice to see all you again. Um, it's been a little too long, I apologize. Uh, it was a busy few weeks in Sacramento. The legislative session ended. The legislature passed about 1,100 bills. And if that sounds like a lot, there was a year in the 80s that they actually sent two th over 2,000 bills um, to the governor's desk. Since I was last here, six of the senator's bills um, have made it to the governor, and this week he signed two of them. Um, SB 417, which I've talked about here, it's essentially Surgeon General's warning um, up front and center at gun stores that says this increases the risk of suicide in your home, and here's the 988 hotline. Um, the second one is SB 452. Uh, this is a micro-stamping bill. By 2028, it will require um, gun, guns manufacturing in California to have micro-stamping technology. And the idea of that, again, is this is a pro-law enforcement bill. It helps people solve crimes. The remaining four still await his signature. Um, these are SB 391, which helps our state park employees um, get the care they deserve. Right now, the presumption is that they didn't develop melanoma from all the time that they spent in the sun doing their job. We wanna flip that presumption. Um, and this bill it has gotten the support of a lot of former state park employees. SB 428, uh, that protects employees from harassment by allowing their employers to rest seek restraining orders on their behalf. Employees don't ha necessarily have the resources and we believe a lot of employers want to do right by their employees whenever they can. So we're trying to help them be able to do that. And then finally, or sorry, two more, SB 482. Um, this requires 
leftover HTD funding uh, to be offered to supportive housing units. Um, and then finally, SB 667, uh, which requires the Low Sand Rail Agency to identify projects that increase resiliency to things like sea level rise and those kind of things. Um, for her remaining bills uh, and hundreds of others that are still on the governor's desk, everything is up to him. He has until October 14th to sign or veto. Um, he usually vetoes about 10 to 15 percent of the bills. So much like Congress, the legislature can override those vetoes, but they never do. Um, and if there's something you don't like to all of you and to you, um, it's not too late to write in. So um, last but not least, we are excited to also have a booth at the RSM Family Fest and hopefully get to see a lot of you there. Um, a lot of her staff will be uh, running the booth, including me. And I've, I've heard there's an opportunity to uh, serve some beers, so I, I want to volunteer there as well. That sounds oh, like a right lot more there, fun. Right there. Right there. Yeah. Thank you, Ethan. I always enjoy your visits. Thank you for the update. Appreciate that. We have a e-comment uh, from resident Ann Lawson. Ann, are you here tonight by chance? Um, the reason I ask is this is a very lengthy uh, email. I'm just going to read the first sentence. Um, I'm writing you with grave concern for the intersection of Alma Aldea and Avenue Fandaroa. So it, it's, it has a lot of questions, and it's very lengthy, and I'm not going to read in its entirety here. Um, that's why I asked if Ann was here. She could come up and talk. Um, this will be passed on to city staff to look into the numerous questions that she's asking. Thank you. Item four, consent calendar. All matters in the consent calendar be approved in one motion unless a city council member, staff, or member of the public requests a separate action on a specific item on the consent calendar. Any items to be removed? Hearing none, do I have a motion and a second? I'll make a motion to approve. Second. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Motion carries unanimously. Item five, public hearing items, 5.1. Fourth public hearing to consider composition by districts for continuing the process to transition to by-district elections and introduction and first reading of an ordinance implementing by-district elections. Turn this over to our city attorney. Thank you, Mayor Holloway, members of the city council. Uh, once again, this is the time and place scheduled for the fourth hearing to consider public input regarding the comp composition of districts related to the city's process of transitioning from at-large to by-district elections. Again, state law requires four public hearings before final map selection and mandates that the process be completed within 90 days. At this hearing this evening, the council will review the draft maps, deliberate on the focus maps that were identified during the last public hearing, as well as any new maps that were timely received, and select a final district map that the city council determines is appropriate for the city. After the council selects the final district map tonight and determines the sequencing of the district elections, the council will then vote to introduce uh, for first reading an ordinance to begin the process to implement that change. Second reading of the ordinance and final map adoption is scheduled to occur on October 11th, thus completing the process prescribed by state law to switch from to by district elections. Once again, the city retained an independent demographer, Dr. Justin Levitt with National Demographics Corporation. He's here once again for a presentation 
and to answer any of the council's questions. Thank you. Dr. Levitt. Thank you, uh, Mayor Holloway, members of the council, uh, members of the community who are here tonight. Uh, my name is Dr. Justin Levitt with National Demographics, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, we have a brief presentation to, and for many of you, a lot of these slides will be familiar, but I think it's a good thing to review where we've been and where we are um, as we come to this point. Uh, this process really began in July uh, when the council passed the resolution of intent to transition to district elections following the receipt of a demand letter. Uh, after that, we held our first public hearing as a special meeting in August. Um, because of our 90-day window, this process is somewhat quick. Uh, we would love more time, but unfortunately that 90 days is pretty solid in state law. Um, after our second public hearing, also in August, uh, we had a first round of draft maps that were uh, published and ready to go on September 13th, two weeks ago. Following that discussion of draft maps, the council selected four focus maps, and we had another round of opportunity for people to submit maps, uh, we held a workshop on the draft maps last Saturday, and tonight we're here to uh, look at the draft maps again, as well as any new maps we've received, um, make our selection, and then the final adoption of the maps um, at the fifth bulletin, the fifth public hearing. And that will be October 11th. Uh, now, we've seen this slide a lot through the process. Our districting rules and goals are also now our criteria to look at and evaluate the maps. Uh, some of these are more clear cut than others. Uh, so, for example, our right-hand, or sorry, left-hand column, our federal laws are things that the Supreme Court requires of all districts everywhere across the country. Uh, first is equal population, the one-person, one-vote principle. All of our focus maps meet that requirement as well as one of our two new maps. The second of our two new maps is not population balanced within the 10% difference between the largest and smallest district that the Supreme Court allows. Um, in addition, it also points to the fact that in 10 years following the census, 2030 census, when we get new data, the maps will have to be reevaluated. Uh, and there'll be an opportunity to make sure they're still in compliance with equal population and other requirements and to redraw the lines if needed. Um, in addition, our federal laws include the Voting Rights Act. Uh, race and ethnicity cannot be the predominant factor or the dominant factor in any district. Or, um, however, Protected class communities or groups that have historically faced discrimination or barriers to registration and voting have their rights protected. And that occurs alongside it and as part of our discussion of communities and neighborhoods. Which brings us right into the second column. <coughs> second column, our criteria for cities, come from the Fair Maps Act of 2019. Uh, the first of these principles, and they are rank ordered um, in that we have to take them in this order of priority. Um, is contiguity, which is a fancy way of saying that the district has one outside border. All of our maps that we have, including both of our new maps, do meet that criterion. Um, second, undivided neighborhoods and communities of interest. Um, as part of this process, we have to identify neighborhoods or the smallest building blocks that we can use to draw our draft maps. From there, we build up into our communities of interest. Uh, this is perhaps where most of the discussion often occurs between the draft maps uh, because communities of interest are, the law says, socioeconomic or geographic areas that should be kept together for the purpose of their fair and effective representation. And there's a lot in that sentence. Uh, for example, um, you know, what are the shared interests? What are the shared needs for one representative? 
Um, is it more fair and effective? How is it fair and effective to represent different parts of the city, perhaps in different, with different needs? Uh, and this is where the most difference in opinion occurs. Uh, third, easily identifiable boundaries um, is the principle that we should make it easy for voters to understand which district they live in. And fourth, compactness, the law defines as not bypassing one group of people to get to a more distant group of people. Um, this is aimed predominantly at districts that look like they go around one particular community or neighborhood. Um, but these are rank ordered for a reason. So if there's a purpose to that line, because of communities, because of contiguity, and believe me, especially when we have canyons and hills, we definitely see very oddly shaped communities. Um, we do have to consider these in this order. Um, also, we are prohibited from favoring or discriminating against a political party. Um, now, in the third column, our traditional districting principles are other factors that the courts have recognized as being valid. Uh, what this means is that once we're looking at some final maps we think do a good job under the Fair Maps Act, they can be used as that final balance test between two different maps. Uh, for example, respecting voters' choices is the principle that voters of the city have elected a council and that the stroke of a pen on a map should not determine whether a council member has the opportunity to run again. Um, future population growth, where is the city likely to grow over the next 10 years? And um, how can we underpopulate areas with more growth or divide them between districts to minimize the impact on those new residents of the city? Um, but, you know, these are the final balancing tests after we've looked at the other criteria. Now, in addition to the maps, we have um, online an interactive web viewer that offers a lot of information, including the ability to search for addresses, to compare maps, um, really a lot of functionality you might expect from a map viewer online, certainly more detail than you can see on our PDFs uh, or any printed map. Um, so I mentioned at the last council meeting, the council selected four focus maps. Uh, two of these four maps, map 113 and 114, uh, are four district maps. The other two have five districts. Um, as you can see, these two, have a lot of, these two maps have a lot of similarities. Uh, map 113 crosses from the Dove Canyon Robinson Ranch area to those neighborhoods directly west of it, while Map 14 takes that neighborhood a little bit across the top north of Santa Margarita Parkway. Um, but both have essentially a very similar division, a northern district, a central and southern district, and one in the east. Um, both of these maps can keep all of the Dove Canyon Robinson Ranch to the eastern end of the city in one district. In our two five district focus maps, 116 and 117, we do see some variation there. 116 keeps that area and the eastern area together. Uh, map 117 divides, so Dove Canyon is in District uh, 3 in green, and Robinson Ranch, Cielo Vista, some of the northern neighborhoods are in District 5. Um, and so there are some, and, and again, that most of these have some similarities even to our four district maps. Most of them have a district that's kind of centered in the northern, uh, northwestern portion of the city, and one that includes the golf course or uh, at the southern end of the city. Um, in addition, we did receive two new maps. Uh, map 118 is fairly close to maps 113 and 114 in its general concept. It has some minor tweaks. Um, you know, a little, uh, you know, neighborhood here, a sub-HOA here, and a sub-HOA there. Um, but in general, Spence, it's very similar to the other maps. 
Uh, MAP 119 is not population balanced. Um, in particular, their district, they, they, they wanted to follow the school district elementary attendance area boundaries. Unfortunately, as we see all the way everywhere, those do not actually have the same number of residents um, in each of the elementary school areas. Now, uh, for tonight, I'm happy to, again to answer any questions you might have. Uh, we are looking tonight uh, for comments on the maps and hopefully uh, we'll select a map tonight in sequence of elections. That's a determination about which districts will hold election in which year. Um, and following that, uh, introduce the ordinance um, as uh, our attorney mentioned. Um, and so we continue to have our website up and running and available for people to comment at drawrsm.org. And with that, I, th I thank you for your time and I look forward to our discussion. Thank you, Dr. Levitt. Um, at this point, before we open the public hearing, we'll, any questions uh, of staff for council? Councilmember Beal. Thanks, Mr. Mayor. Thank you again for being here and for your presentation. Big picture at the outset. With respect to each of the maps that the city put on as its last meetings, the focus maps, does it remain in your professional opinion that each of those maps is in full compliance with the redistricting rules and goals that were set forth on your presentation tonight in that slide? We believe all of the focus maps, as well as our first of the two new maps, are fully in compliance with the requirements of the federal voting or of the uh, Fair Maps Act, um, and are legally defensible. Thank you. Um, so the California Voting Rights Act, um, which is imposing upon this city the statutory framework that we're really trying to satisfy. Um, does it set forth any type of different rules for a large city such as Los Angeles with millions of residents and the smallest of California cities? So the California Voting Rights Act itself doesn't talk about city size at all. It makes a distinction between the cities that use district elections, whether they're as small as uh, Seal Beach or Redondo Beach or as large as Los Angeles they are exempted from, they can't be targeted or sued under the California Voting Rights Act. But for cities that use at-large elections, it doesn't matter what size they are. So a city as small as the city of Amador with a population of 200 could be compelled to carve itself into five districts? You know, I would say the smallest jurisdictions we've seen at this time are around 1,500, and that's a couple of school districts in the Central Valley. But um, nothing quite as small as 200, but in theory, yes. So it's basically one set of one size fits all for the vast majority of cities in the state of California. Regardless of any unique attributes that any one city might have, such as very small size, or perhaps in the city of Rancho Santa Margarita, we're a master planned community. Um, a city like ours. It's a rather, aren't we a homogeneous community in terms of education, income, ethnicity? How is that reflected by the census data? Sure. 
Um, and, you know, one of the things, obviously, is that the smaller, you know, it's not necessarily true that the smaller the city, the more homogenous it is. But certainly, I think, with Rancho Santa Margarita, you do see a lot of similarities across the city uh, among a lot of the major census categories we look at. Um, and, you know, one of, the, one, of the, one of the limitations of census data is how precise it is. And the smaller we get, the more general our data is. Um, and what I mean by that is that a lot of times for our census data, we're using census block groups or tracts. Block groups have about 1,500 people in them. Tracts have about 5,000. And so in a city of you know, 50,000, that's probably not going to be the same number of tracts as you get in a city like, I'll even say Irvine, of 300,000. Um, because you're not going to have as many different numbers um, to look at the target, the specifics. Some of our sub-HOAs, for example, we estimate they have less than 100 residents um, because some of the size sub-HOAs are very small. Um, and so really trying to drill down into the census to read something into that local of data is kind of, it's kind of problematic in some ways. Um, and so we have tried to use this as a general sense, but really rely on your local knowledge. We, you know, we want to provide the census data and say, here's what we can see from it. But we also want to say, it's not a substitute for your local knowledge, especially in a community where there isn't very large differences between different parts of the city uh, when it comes to a lot of the census figures. Uh, one final question. I've, I've heard that there have been... Uh, complaints by some in the community about certain of the maps that the city has placed on um, the short list of focus maps. Um, in particular, I've heard complaints, even threats of litigation relating to uh, one of the maps, map 113. Have you heard any element, any claim that would support such a challenge that we should be aware of it, that you would consider to be a valid concern? I, I would, the short answer is no. I, I do think that obviously there are going to be differences of opinion, when, especially when it comes to communities of interest. Um, but that does not rise to the level of necessary grounds for a lawsuit necessarily. Thank you. Councilmember Farrell. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, I really don't have any additional questions tonight just because you know, this, we've had so many multiple meetings on this, but I think it's important for our residents to know the fiscal impact of, of this process that's been imposed on us. Um, and city manager, if you can um, just confirm, so the original filing attorney will be getting close to $40,000 based on this, um, the demographer that we're um, using about 45000 and additional attorney fees. So it looks like the cost to the city for this process of districting will be over $100,000 roughly. Is that correct? Uh, it, it could be. Certainly we have yet to receive um, any kind of documentation for the initial filing um, of the, the letter uh, that we received. And so any kind of reimbursement would be based on some very strict criteria and some appropriate documentation that is um, provided. 
and then uh, the other issue is, d depending on how much time was uh, spent on this particular process, the 47000 was an estimated cost. We don't know the final figure yet. Uh, but yes, I, it certainly could be over $100,000, uh, but I don't anticipate it would be much more than that at this point. Okay. Thank you very much. If I may, just to follow up on that. And again, the attorney's fees are capped at roughly 37500 That is not an automatic number. The attorney who served the demand letter will have to demonstrate in writing objectively that they incurred $37,500 worth of legal fees. And from what I've seen to date, it is not even remotely close to coming to that number. So I'll be very surprised to see if the city is billed for 37500 for the work product that I've seen so far. Thank you. Councilmember McGurr. Oh, thank you. Um, Councilmember Beale touched on many of the things I wanted to touch on, but I want to bring something up again that seems to be a persistent misunderstanding, and I'll just ask you, sir. The Fair Maps Act requires the city, every city that's assigned, if you will, gets sued to, to apply the CBRA to set up a district format, correct? But I want to make sure we're clear for all those who are here and those who might be listening or will be listening in the future that... And correct me if I'm wrong, right now, residents, voters, can vote for five city council members. And in, with, the, with the districts being established, be it four or one, they can vote for one district member, if you will, one council member. But that council member does not represent just a district. Is that correct? They represent, their, they, uh, as they're part of the uh, brethren, if you will, that represent the entire city. Is that, is that, am I accurate on that? Their responsibility remains to the city as a whole, yes. Okay. So they aren't the council member for District 3 or the council member for District 2. District 3 or District 2 or whatever district that might be votes for somebody to, rep to, to, to fill a seat that then thereafter joins four other seats to represent the entire city. Fair? Yes. Okay. I bring that up only because it seems to be a, a misunderstanding. I think it's a reasonable misunderstanding. Um, but it, it is what it is, and I appreciate your, your answer. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you very much. Thank you, Doctor. I hate just about everything about this whole thing, so um, not one to mince words. I think this uh, is um, absolutely uh, one-size-fits-all, not relevant for our city, not relevant for the people of our city, and for those listening, I think you had the ability to elect uh, the person of your choice uh, that lived anywhere in the city um, to fill a city council seat. And I think it's absolutely absurd that you have lost that ability to elect uh, your representative just because they live on the other side of the city from where you live. So I find this entire thing offensive. But we are uh, compelled to comply with this, and that we are doing. One of the things that I've heard that was uh, uh, interesting or, con or just, uh, I think, a misunderstanding, and I think that's one of the things that, uh, as council members or as city staff, and certainly in the presentations, when you have a situation like this, like we had with Rena, another imposed atrocity, um, you have uh, 
a variety of people may misunderstand the requirements and the process or uh, certain elements of it. Uh, I just want to clarify with you, um, Doctor, there is no uh, income um, considerations for this. For example, we have many other city projects that we do that um, deal with income in the community, like the housing element, Cheryl, um, or the allocation of CDBG funds. And so this doesn't draw areas of interest based on income just in the same way it doesn't draw areas of interest based on a certain uh, political party or a, a, um, an ethnicity. And I would like, I'll just jump in. Do I'll start with you, Cheryl. Um, how have other recent city-related projects dealt with income? So the housing element uh, example you bring up, so the housing element, uh, the requirement of the State Department of Housing and Community Development, or HCD, they require us to analyze and to affirmatively further fair housing through the housing element. Um, those analyses include a variety of factors, and one of the important factors is opportunity areas. So the 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 HCD looks most favorably upon putting the housing element sites for low and moderate income housing into um, areas of high opportunity. And so you'll see that our housing element inventory is concentrated in the business park and the town center area, which are areas of high opportunity. Income is only one factor in the opportunities. Jobs and transportation and other things are also playing to that. Um, CDBG, if you'd like me to hit on that one, um, CDBG, uh, the, the federal government identifies eligible areas. That is based largely on income, mm -hmm. and they are census tract block groups. For this year's action plan, there are 10 census tract block groups which are eligible communities. And by eligible, that means we can spend our funding there on capital projects. Um, and so those uh, 10 block groups are largely concentrated in the center of the city on either side of Santa Margarita Parkway. Very good, thank you. Uh, Doctor, could you opine on income? Sure. Um, and how it relates to this? Sure. Income is one of many, many possible factors under communities of interest. Um, it, you know, I can't, it, it would be dishonest to say it never plays a role, mm -hmm. but it never plays a role by itself. It generally is alongside other factors in determining what those communities of interest are. Um, and in some cases, it's less relevant than others. If, for example, areas of lower income are because we're looking at a retirement community, it's actually age that's more important than income. If it's because it's a university, um, I was mm -hmm. just presenting at Irvine last weekend, we see income correlates with student population, and that's the real community of interest. Um, and so I would really think about income the same way that law encourages us to think about race or education or any other these other socioeconomic measures, not to be taken in isolation. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, regarding um, some further, uh, I'm going to direct this question to you, Doctor, regarding some further um, uh, considerations of the 2030 census, I think there is a misunderstanding regarding uh, the expansion of dwelling units versus the need for these to be um, balanced as far as population. 
And so there is a difference between the two, obviously. You can have uh, the same number of dwelling units tomorrow that you have today, but you can have a different head count of people living in those different residents. Interestingly enough, um, this takes into consideration people, not voters and not certain kinds of voters. I just want to clarify that with you, Doctor. Yes, and in fact, the law mandating equal population, in fact, references that districts represent people, not acres or cows. Or um, I think that that's what the mm -hmm. language was in the original decision in 64 mm -hmm. that established population as equality as a criterion. Uh, now, I, I, I want to say, like, the whole idea of incorporating future population growth is actually because it's speculative that we don't know exactly where it is, and we have to use our current numbers to balance the population. But they recognize that, well, a district, a city or district that knows it's going to be growing over the next 10 years or shrinking may want to take that into consideration. It's a valid consideration, but only after everything else. Certainly our current numbers are what determine the district lines. And I will say that we work with a lot of cities between 2010 and 2020 that were going through the districting mm -hmm. process that talked a lot about population growth. And then when they got their numbers from the 2020 census, especially if we're talking about a project here or a project there, the infill development, mm -hmm. a lot of them were wrong. The projections were off for the number of people who had moved in. The project that was supposed to start in 2018 never started. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really want to focus in on the current populations Sure, we can say, okay, here's where we expect it to grow, but let's make sure that it's ball and balanced according to the current numbers first. Thank you. And so when I look, as I mentioned in our last meeting, I'll just recap my comments. One of the items that was important to me was to try to maintain a, a somewhat equilibrium between the districts, not have a large swing, um, primarily because uh, two seats or two seats in some configuration, will be up for re-election, um, or possibly one, I'm not sure. Well, two seats at a minimum will be up in the 2024 election, and the other three, perhaps, would be up in 2026, depending on which uh, uh, map gets approved and what the election sequencing is. And he didn't want the people who were participating in the 2026 election districts to then get to 2030 and be able to vote one more time in their district only to have it changed for them in 2034 substantially. So what I'm trying to do with my decision is, is to put a template across the city that tries to maintain as much consistency as possible. So the residents, for example, if you're in District 2, you will, you will have a, the ability to have a relationship with your elected in District 2 uh, for as long as possible or as long as you, know, you want them in District 2 or they want to be in District 2. Um, but instead of moving the city around a lot, I think that kind of chaos is, is um, it's really just disruptive as this entire process is disruptive. Uh, thank you very much. I may come back, Doctor, but I appreciate, appreciate your presentation. Thank you. And as it often happens when you have the honor of this seat, all your questions and answers have already been verbalized. So I don't have any other questions or answers. But Dr. Levitt, thank you so much for your, your concise but detailed answers. It's been um, 
very easy to follow along um, with all your answers and, and much appreciated for you to get in us to this, this point. We will open the public hearing and receive public testimony. Um, we're all very encouraged, City Council is very encouraged to see the level of um, public input on this important item. That being said, there are a lot of e-comments and a lot of comments uh, that people are going to come up and uh, speak live to, so bear with me. Sandra, these are, these are the e-comments. Sandra Trinidad, Trinidad supports MAP 112. Jamie Trinidad supports MAP 112. Nicoletta Mem Memermond, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, supports MAP 112. An item with no name, the family supports item 112. Brian Pate, supports item 112. Fernaz Lurie says map 12 is the only logical map for the city of RSM. Sarah Burt, please adopt proposed city district map 112. Mike Ebel, supports map 112. Stephen Trinidad supports MAP 112. Another resident, Stephen, no last name, supports MAP 112. Cindy Ashley supports MAP 112. Anastasia Search supports MAP 112. Chris McLaughlin says it's a little weird how suddenly sensitive council, city council is having a district election map with an ultra-low total deviation percentage. Federal law allows up to 10%. We have several good maps submitted with a 7.49 total deviation. For comparison, last year Mission Viejo enacted a map with a 9.49 total deviation. Their runner-up map had, had 7.38. RSM is basically built out. We don't expect a large change in population before the 2030 census. Next comment is from Beth Hurd. I feel four districts and an at-large at mayor, which will give RSM voters two voting opportunities, is the best way to go, and I think in particular, map 113 or 118 represents the best choice for the RSM electorate. Betty Remington does not support redistricting in the city, not happy with losing her voting power. However, she supports map 113 or 118. Dan Lundberg opposes redistricting of the city of Rancho Santa Margarita but supports map 113 and 118 with the four district and mayor at large. Rhonda Lundberg also expresses her opposition to the redistricting plan, but is in support of map 113 or 118. Kevin Shaw 
as I maintain that dividing our city and districts makes no sense, but knows that as we are here, uh, believes map 113 or 118 are the best options for RSM voters. And now uh, we have our live speaker request. Cindy, with an R address of RSM, please come up. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. I'm here today as a longtime resident to speak in favor. A little, clo little closer, I'm sorry. Sure. Thank you. I think I'm we want to, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Ms. Ashley. I think we want to identify if the speaker submitted an e comment already so that we know what's a duplicate. One more time on that. If the speaker submitted an e comment in addition to being here, then we know we're hearing the message two times from the same person. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have that. <clears throat> we need to ask each Go ahead. Yes, neighbor. Uh, I did submit an e-comment, uh, and I, it was noted what map I was in favor of and not the comments that I gave. So I'm taking this opportunity. Didn't know if I would get to speak um, here. Yeah, if, if the time would be short. So I have I have here in, present, in, in person, and I have submitted an e-comment. So I'll... Go ahead. Um, I'm here today as a longtime resident to speak in favor of map 112. We are fortunate in RSM that our city is easily divided into five districts. Santa Margarita Parkway, the 241, and Plano Tribuco all serve as natural dividers. Map 112, like so many very similar maps submitted by the residents, creates five logical districts. District 1 is the Melinda Heights area. Then we have two districts in town center. District 2 is north of Santa Margarita Parkway, where the lake is located. District 4, south of Santa Margarita Parkway and west of the 241. District 3 has our two communities at the end of Santa Margarita Parkway and to the east of Planer Tribuco, Robinson Ranch, and Dove Canyon. And then District 5, the neighborhood south of Santa Margarita Parkway and west of the 241 where the golf course is and where three of you live. We are moving to districts today because of the California Voting Rights Act of 2001. The California Voting Rights Act provides a remedy to eliminate the well-established bias of at-large elections. While RSM has a Hispanic population of 21%, we have never in over two decades had a Latino member of our city council. District 4 in Map 112 creates a district with a 21% Latino voter registration population. And I know this council is fond of blaming Sacramento for all sorts of things. First of all, Sacramento is a city. But if you're actually referring to the fact that you don't like the laws that are passed by our state elected officials, then I have to ask, do you not like our system of government? Because that is what I hear you saying. We are a state and a country governed by laws, not just laws that we like. I don't know how long any of you will continue to remain in office. But I, would, I want to remind you that positions are temporary, but your legacy will last. I hope you will keep that in mind as you go on record casting a vote for a district map. Will you choose a map that benefits our city by finally having representation from all parts of the city? Or will you choose a map that allows all three of you who live near the golf course to continue to run for office? I suspect each of you thinks of yourself as good people. I look forward to seeing whether or not your vote is in your best interest or in the best interest of our city.
Next speaker, um, next speaker, Rick Hurd. Rick Hurd, Rick here. Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Morales Hurd, AKA Ricardo Lorenzo Mireles Jr., grandson of Mexican immigrants. I was surprised to learn that our city and me were accused of being racist, of violating a voting election law. I don't know any law mandated that letter be sent. I think that law did not mandate that. I resent that, and it is based upon surface observations. And when it's based on surface observations, I must ask, who really are the racists? Now, my wife, Beth Hurd, and her friend Rhonda Lundberg here did a lot of work developing some proposed maps. I'd like to read a couple of uh, statements from uh, Beth's uh, e-comment, which I agree with. Like most modern-day cities, RSM's racially and ethnically diverse communities do not live in one or two locations within the city which is borne out by census data. Misapplication of the district election system can have the unintended consequence of robbing minority communities as well as any other special need groups and marginalized populations from effectively using their voting power as a voting block. Beth goes on to say she understands the uh, financial threats the city's facing and as a result favors the four districts and map 113 or 118. Um, the four districts allow one uh, representative who is elected within the district and, of course, one representative who must seek votes from the entire city. Uh, Beth goes on to say, I encourage you to move to form an alliance to oppose the poorly written and implemented California Voting Rights Act, which is both harmful and destructive to minorities as well as gen the general voting public. And I must uh, add to that, it's especially harmful when, without justification, someone submits a letter under that act accusing our city and me and all of our residents of being racist. Thank you. Thank you. If you are coming up for public comments, um, if you don't mind, please identify if you've already submitted an e-comment as well. Next speaker, Chris McLaughlin. Good evening, Mayor, City Council. Um, I'm glad we're finally talking about the Fair Maps Act. We've talked a lot about the CVRA in this process. I don't think we've touched enough on the Fair Maps Act. Uh, <clears throat> passed in 2019, it, it went into effect in 2021. Uh, sponsored by then Assembly Member Rob Bonta, it actually stands for Fair and Inclusive Redistricting for Municipalities and Political Subdivisions Act. Uh, it's basically pushing down the, num uh, the existing rules for counties to the city level. Um, we've seen these criteria in the middle here, um, section uh, 21601 of the election code is what's been amended in the Fair Maps Act. Paragraph C, subparagraphs 1, 2, 3, and 4. 
Uh, that's what we need to follow if you're going to transition from at-large citywide voting to by-district, district-based elections. Um, the bad news is none of the focus maps that the city council has brought forward to review uh, are code compliant. Um, the middle two there, undivided neighborhoods and easily identifiable boundaries are the most egregious, but I would argue that they're not uh, as compact as they could be, and I think they also favor a political party. And I think there's also some exposure under the CVRA, given the fact that most of the Hispanic concentrations live in this, uh, the center of the city, and those aren't being kept together uh, in any of the focus maps. Um, so to put it another way, uh, they're simply not up to code, the focus maps. Um, if enacted into law, uh, any of the focus maps or the new one that came in 118, uh, I think there's a 100% chance of undergoing a code enforcement action. Uh, the good news is uh, the community has submitted several maps that are code compliant. Uh, some of the key features are keeping Royal Vista together into one uh, neighborhood, uh, what Rancho at the Samlark calls uh, paint villages. It's the golf course village. It contains everything you think it would instead of slicing it lengthwise like your uh, focus maps do. As far as easily identifiable boundaries, they use the 241 as a divider, uh, not the Banderas Bridge over the 241. Um, the bridge connects two different neighborhoods. The divider is the four-lane divided freeway. Um, so uh, I, I hope City Council will uh, refocus on some of the ones they've discarded uh, that are code compliant. Um, if not, I think it would subject uh, the city to a possibly uh, lengthy, expensive, and embarrassing uh, code enforcement action. Uh, it's true that uh, there isn't a whole lot of um, settled law regarding this law that went into effect in 2021. Uh, the current Attorney General, Rob Bonta, is the assembly member who sponsored it. So I think he would probably welcome the chance uh, to get involved to clarify the intent of the legislature and um, see it tested in the courts and clarify. There's words like, um, <clears throat> to the extent practical, use things like the 241 instead of the grass between Mancera and Sepulveda to the left of Las Mesitas. Thank you. Next speaker, Julia, Julia Stevenson. Julia Stevenson. And again, if you have already submitted any comment, you're coming up to publicly speak, please say so, if you don't mind. I have not submitted it online. You just pull the speaker down a little bit. Pull it down. Oh, yeah, because Chris is like a foot taller than me. <laughs> I have not submitted an online comment. I thought it would be more effective to come look each of you in the eye. And as you can see by the attendance, the proposed maps by the taxpayer pay consultant has evoked many of us to speak out against the manipulated districts. The gerrymandering by you and you and you, you and you of the city maps allow no representation in the middle of the city. Where we stand right now, none of you live. We need a fair map that separate the districts by easily identifiable boundaries. The allowed deviation of 10% is fair, and we don't need your 4% deviation. Map 112 is the fairest, most common sense map, and it's not included in the packet you handed out today. The next speaker is Faiza. 
I'm, I'm no, I'm not pronouncing that. Faiza Tajmal. I'm so sorry. Like F A I Z A first name. Um, thank you so much. So I'm not really prepared to speak in detail, but what I would say is that I'm a little bit confused that the city gave us a package today when we came in to review the maps and map 112 is missing. Um, so how are we going to compare and make a decision when one map is totally missing and a lot of people are voting for it? So that's my one comment. My second comment is I'm totally confused by the comment made by Ms. Carol Gamble earlier, which was about the districting being uh, offensive. If something is voted by the state, by the legislature, and you represent a city, you represent us, how can you call it offensive? So I'm confused about that part too. Um, so that's all I would say. Thank you. Thank you. It might be good to take a, take a minute here. Uh, Mayor Holloway, if I may. Yes. Uh, Map 112 is in the packet. I don't know where we're getting this testimony from. It's on page 29 of the printed agenda packet. It's right in the agenda packet. Page 29 okay. of the agenda packet. Okay. But. Hold on, hold on. We will, uh, we will take a look. There. You're holding up the PowerPoint presentation. The agenda packet is over there at the door. It's on the internet. It's on the website. It's published on the website. It's published at the city clerk's office. It's published at the front of the room. You're holding up the PowerPoint presentation. Okay, I can't continue this. It's, it's difficult. Uh, it, excuse me for just one Ma'am, ma'am, it's difficult to, to hear when you're back there, so I'm not asking you to come back up, but he did explain about 112. 112 is in the back if you want to go look at the packet back there. Uh, The next public speaker is Janice Koppel. Hello, Mayor Holloway and all of the city council members. My name is Janice Koppel. Um, can you hear me okay? Very, very well. Um, I have lived in Rancho Santa Margarita for 28 years. I love what you have done with the city. I have raised my children here. It is a very safe place with wonderful schools, and I think that the well-planned city um, offers so much for families here. So I commend you on keeping our city safe and in a very well-planned manner. Um, I do have to agree with Councilperson Gamble about how I feel about not being able to vote for all of the city council members. Um, I am against redistricting, but I understand that we need to do it. If a redistricting happens or has to happen, I would like to urge you to choose map 113 
It's the only one that makes sense. It's comprised of four districts of our 47,000, I'm sorry, yeah, 47,000 residents. Each district is evenly distributed with less than a 3% di difference between them all. Map 113 also gives residents the opportunity to vote for a mayor. RSM is a wonderful place, and our city council and mayor have worked hard to make it a place we all love and enjoy with highly rated schools and neighbors that truly care about each other. We have a low crime rate, and we need to keep it one of the safest cities. Thank you for your time. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm going to read uh, any comment that I um, misplaced earlier, um, and then we'll continue on with our um, live speaker requests. This is from resident Sherry Lex. I oppose the city council's decision to restructure the city into a district election system. As a resident of our wonderful city for 30 years, I've watched this climb to the number one safest city in California. This does not happen by accident. As a realtor licensed in 1990, I see people that used to want to live in Irvine and other areas flocking to RSM. This benefits our homeowners keeping property values high. If a redistrict Redistricting must take place. Map 113 is the only one that is favorable to the 47,000 residents of RSM. The four districts are all within 3% of each other in residence. It also gives residents the opportunity to elect their mayor. This option also gives residents two voting opportunities. Now back to our speaker request forms. Next speaker is Carrie Bayard, I believe. Hopefully I didn't. Mess that up too much, Carrie? Everyone does. It's okay. It's my husband's name. <laughs> okay. Um, before I begin, could you? Thank you. Before I begin, could you just? I've not come to a, a meeting like this and spoken. I'm used to school board meetings. There's not a timer here, so are these buttons the one? The, 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 the city clerk turns them on once you start okay. speaking. So yeah. that's my indication. Okay, right, right. I'm sorry. I'm just used to school board meetings. There's a timer right there. Right, right. They hold you to that. So, okay. Um, so thank you. Um, my name is Carrie Baird, and I'm here to dis today to discuss the redistricting um, maps. Like many RSM citizens, I would prefer that we don't redistrict, but I understand that the threat of a lawsuit and, implication, and implications of that so I'm glad that the city is taking this course of not fighting a lawsuit, costing us lots of money. Um, one we probably wouldn't win based on the status, on keeping the status quo. I also want to recognize that this is a difficult decision because the current city council members have to select a map that involves their positions and their elected positions. So there's a conflict of interest in that. It's a difficult decision. I get that, but that's the, where we are. That's what we have to do. Um, but when you're making these decisions, some of the things that I'd like you to remember is that we're making decisions that impact the future of the city. It's not just who is here now, but who could be elected in the future. Um, I do not support four districts. My personal preference would be five districts. Our city was planned and built with five equal council members and a mayor from those five city council members. 
several, several, several years ago, um, when it was proposed by someone to vote for a mayor at large, members of this council opposed that idea. So I would like to continue to have the five separate, five members that are equal. Um, while it's true that having four districts and a mayor would enable citizens to have two votes for actual representation, which is definitely better than only one, um, I feel and am concerned about the negative impact, not necessarily of this council. I understand it's voting for that a mayor has to make a decision and everyone for the best interests of the city. But in the future, that may not be the person who is elected. And having someone with two areas could be a concern. That is why I prefer the five districts. Um, in particular, um, for the maps, one of the things that I noticed is that I really prefer maps 102, 104, and 112. As I mentioned, I'm more used to dealing with school district information, and I feel that a school district is definitely a sense of community, and the maps that, focus maps that have been given to us really divide the school districts. When people look at communities of interest, they're looking at their local schools. They're looking at their neighborhood schools, and for the future of the city, I think it is in the best interest that we look at some maps that are more similar in line with 102, 104, and 112 that are five, that are five districts. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, Patty Ebell. Good evening, Mayor Holloway and City Council members. I am speaking tonight to express my opinion on the RSM redistricting maps and other concerns. So now that we are well into the districting process, I would like to voice my support for the five district map number 112. This map allows for compact and easily identifiable boundaries keeping school districts and neighborhoods together. I find that the Council's preferred maps do not follow that school of thought. The district lines break up communities and make no sense other than to break up three incumbents to two districts, allowing for the third to run for mayor. The purpose of redistricting is to allow every neighborhood to have a, representation, a representative that reflects their concerns as well as the city population overall. As it stands now, there is a concentration of council members in one area of the city. To try and cut these members into separate districts is outrageous and goes against the spirit of the law. I also disagree that a four-district map would give constituents better representation overall, since the law states that council members have a fiduciary responsibility to all people in the city. The theory that having four districts and an at-large mayor gives us better representation than a five-district scenario is nonsense. Which brings me to a major point. During public meetings, including the last public meeting, September 13th, the council has repeatedly talked on and on about the only problem the city has stem from the governor and Sacramento. Every meeting is a bashing session against the California state laws and its leaders. I believe that you all took an oath of office to uphold California state law and federal laws as a council member. Why do you serve if you don't want to do that? 
You also repeatedly state that you represent the entire city's views and concerns. That same oath would be required from five district representatives to do the same. I'd like to know when the last time was that any of you walked your neighborhood and discussed what type of concerns your neighbors have or just see how they are doing. That has not happened in my neighborhood, which I have lived in for 21 years. And from feedback from central RSM residents, it has not happened there either. I believe that five districts would lead to more community input. Citizens could be advised in community groups as to where budgets are spent and what they would like to see improved. Our RSM City Council must work for the good of all citizens. Thank you. Thank you. Next public speaker is Anastasia Search. Anastasia? Hopefully I pronounced that last name correct. My time won't start until I start my speech. Okay, I'm gonna say I submitted an e-comment, which you didn't read other than my preferred. I'm sorry, what was the first part? I couldn't hear it with your mask on. Oh, um, I did submit an e-comment, which you didn't read other than to say I support map 12, which is the five district map. At the last meeting, Ms. Figueroa said, this is something our city doesn't need. It's unfortunate. Why doesn't our city need district voting? It seems you all want to continue your drunk on power agendas, disregarding laws that you vowed to uphold. You've chosen new maps to keep your seats, disenfranchising some of the very people you have a fiduciary duty to protect. She also said, this is not fun stuff to be looking at. I'm appalled. I'm sure some of the job isn't fun, but you asked for it, not just to take credit and put your name on plaques for things implemented using federal and or state dollars. You aren't listening to the majority of the people who submitted maps. If you don't want to have to deal with things that aren't fun or are adverse to your political agendas, I suggest you step down and allow new council members who will do the hard work and not complain about it at city council meetings. They will appreciate the chance to make the difference and represent everyone, not just the elite. In fact, y'all are completely missing the point of the basic principle of district-based voting. Mr. Holloway, Ms. Gamble, you must realize this is not a problem for you personally. You live in two non-adjacent areas to any other member. However, the fact that Tony, Ann, and Brad all live in what Sam Lark considers to be the golf course village, a community of interest. To split it, as shown on every map you prefer, is in direct violation of the Fair Maps Act. The 241 clearly shows the delineation between Arroyo Vista Golf Course Village and the rest of the city. The 241 is the capo boundary, which also reinforces the fact that this is an undivided neighborhood, community of interest. Also, this area is not socioeconomically parallel to central areas of RSM or the 40% of the city's population between O'Neill Park, the 241, and Plano Tribuco. 
The draw RSM map shows that in all of Arroyo Vista, over 75% of households make at least $75,000 a year. But in the area of central RSM, incomes are considerably lower. In fact, 25% of those households make less than 75K. As Mayor Jerry, it's incumbent upon you to get the three to understand that for all intents and purposes, they're neighbors. And when we transition to districts, two of them will need to move down or need to move or step down from the job that Miss Figueroa deems not fun. Can you help them, Mr. Mayor, by explaining that to them? Do you want to be the man whose legacy was the guy who got his city sued over election violations because they chose a map that was not up to code? You as the council cannot pretend the three don't live in the same neighborhood. As attorneys, Beal and McGurr should know better than to try to bend the rules and gaslight their constituents into believing otherwise and set us up for a different lawsuit <clears throat> other than the CVRA. Please conclude your comments. Almost done. One that invokes the California Elections Code. And as I stated, as far as maps go, 112 is the best in a five district is what I support. Thank you. The next speaker, uh, Gail Eccleston. I don't think I'm doing well with last names tonight. I apologize. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Gail Eccleston. My husband and I have lived in Rancho Santa Margarita since 1986. Unlike my fellow speakers, I'd like to just make a generic statement regarding the districting, district, district, districting maps, if I could say the word. As you may have heard, yesterday the United States Supreme Court decided a case involving the implementation of new congressional districting maps in Alabama. In that case, certain Alabama voters accused the Alabama state legislature of intentionally and illegally gerrymandering district maps in order to deny certain segments of voters their rights to fair representation. The Supreme Court in that case found in favor of the voters. I realize the Alabama decision has far greater implications than what happens here in our small town. Still, the same, I believe, important principles apply to both situations. The principles of fairness, integrity and discretion. Our elected officials must protect the rights of all citizens, not a chosen few. I trust our honorable city council will apply these principles as they decide the future of our city. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Next speaker is Josh Bastian. Good evening. Again, I'm going to take off my um, Chamber of Commerce hat for a minute and put on my RSM concerned citizen hat. Um, first of all, I just want to thank um, each of you for the great work uh, and your thoughtful consideration, um, as far as I can tell, for something that no one in this city really wants. Um, yet again, an outside entity has come into our great city and decided that they know what's best for the people of RSM. But this time it's ins uh, insinuated that somehow at our at-large elections violate the California Voting Rights Act. 
it seems that once again, most legislators in Sacramento did not anticipate that groups or individuals could somehow take advantage of the letter of the law while disregarding the spirit of the law. I, as everyone else, am not in favor of this change, but that being said, I have uh, been extremely impressed by the many maps and careful consideration of what is best for RSM in moving forward with the district elections. Um, there are many boxes, as Dr. Levitt uh, said, that should be checked in order for RSM district uh, voting to make sense, but the big ones, in my opinion, are, um, as everyone said here tonight, the individual neighborhoods throughout RSM cannot be divided. Um, so I took it a step further. I, I found a Thomas Guide type of a map. I miss Thomas Guides dearly. Um, but uh, I, I checked out this map, and I found that there are um, literally 135 individual neighborhoods in Rancho Santa Margarita, um, from Alicante to Westcliff. Uh, each of these neighborhoods have a clear dividing lines, and one option co uh, considers clearly considers this and keeps, keeps each neighborhood intact. So the second part of that is population deviation. One of option has a population deviation of 3.72%. It's the lowest, it's the best by far, it's clear. Um, having four districts and a mayor gives the voter the ability to vote for two representatives. Um, parochialism, as you said last meeting, it, it's a real thing um, in district representation. So we hope it doesn't happen, but at some point in the future it could happen. Um, I could imagine if I lived in District 1 and I talked to a council member that uh, lived in District 3, maybe they would say, hey, I can't talk to you. Go find your own council member to talk to him about. So while you hope that it doesn't happen, when you vote, when you have five people representing me with four council members and a mayor, I know that I will have always at least two representatives representing me in RSM. Um, so as I see it, the clear choice that checks all the boxes uh, that we never wanted to check is map 113. But thank you guys all very much for your consideration. A lot of people here are saying some things that I don't agree with. So you know, in case no one told you today, I think you guys are all awesome. And thank you very much for all your hard work that you do for the city. Thank you. I would ask that people in the audience be respectful of the speakers, please. People are speaking on, on their behalf and like heckling from the audiences. Very disrespectful. Any other comments from public? We have none. Thank you. We will close the public hearing. Is it time for council discussion and deliberation? At the, at the, oh, yes, my fault. Mr. Furness, I forgot to bring you up. Can I go? I'm going to go back to open the public hearing. I'm going to open public hearing. Um, please come back up, Chip. My fault. It's been a while before Sorry I've been that. here. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and Mayor Holloway, City Council, and staff. Uh, it's been a while, and the reason is, is you've done an excellent job coming out of the pandemic and managing this, this, this city with extremely good financial considerations. And I know that does not happen easily, 
and it requires a great deal of talent for those that we elect. And one of the reasons I think this is an important decision is that we need the best people in those seats. Um, also, you've done a great job with the staff. This group made an outstanding job of explaining what it is that's going on, all the way from the police down to um, the legal team. And I know it isn't easy to build that, and I congratulate you on your ability to make one of the better staffs in the, in the county. Um, first, we are not a racially polarized voting community, flat out. I don't care what, what this uh, legal person has said. Um, it just is uh, ridiculous and unsupported accusation. I would prefer that we remain the at-large voting. I know and make every effort to know each one of you individually and, and uh, bring my problems individually to you as required. The current system we get to vote for each one of you individually in these future systems, that won't happen. That's a tragedy. The portion of the city council person, the, 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 the effort that you have to put forth as a city council person um, is not common to get from a, at the salaries that you, you get. So it's not often that we get the quality and caliber of the people we have. Second item, I understand that the city is in a difficult situation. We have to, we have to comply. And I think you've made the best uh, financially viable solution to that. Although I object to having to be uh, 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 put upon by the city or the state. Um, I'm strongly opposed to it, but I would think we have to accept it. Third, I recommend the adoption of Map 113. It makes the best situation. It makes the best of the of the of a bad situation. Um, it's very low population description. The boundaries are set so that we keep the homeowners associations intact. I'm on my homeowners association. You know, I'm a active participate in the in the community I think the homeowners associations need to be maintained because it's that core that we started RSM on that was the private partnership between the HOA and the government that we built the community on and you've done an outstanding job of continuing that uh, I'll wrap up with the final thing which is um, the southern th section of the of the community needs to consider the fact that it has the business park and an extremely um, large growth area uh, at Chiquita Ridge. Thank you for the time, and uh, see you at the Rancho Fest. Thank you. My apologies, Chip. <laughs> Anybody else like to be heard before I close the public hearing for the second time? Okay. Public hearing is closed. At this point in time, we will counsel discussion and deliberation and provide direction regarding selection of a final district map. I will start from my left, Councilmember McGurr. Thank you, Mayor Holloway. First of all, I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. Uh, it's an important issue that we're dealing with. We've been dealing with it for a while now, and I think it means a lot when everyone shows up to not just speak publicly, but just to, to watch as well or to submit e-comments. I, I appreciate every one of them. Um, I, I, I don't want to go through every point that every speaker made. I, I wrote them all down. Um, but I wanted to clarify a few things. And again, it comes back to misconceptions. 
um, we're obligated to comply with the Bear Maps Act, the CBRA, and federal law as well. And I discussed this with um, our demographer, the city's demographer, at the last meeting. The federal law does not allow for a racial gerrymandering. And as, and I, gosh, I bet I'm going to say her name wrong, uh, Ms. Eccleston correctly pointed out, did I say it right? Oh, great. Um, there was a Supreme Court decision that came down regarding Alabama, but I, th- I want to make a point. That decision dealt with a situation where the state was dividing um, uh, populations uh, that were disrep- misrepresented or disrepresented on their councils or in their state. In this situation, um, the maps don't do that. The ones that we've discussed last time, including map number 113, Going back, if I will, if I may, for the last couple of meetings, there were maps that showed where the Hispanic population in the city is is located. Uh, and again, I will start by saying there is absolutely no racial polarization in the city at all. Never has been. And you can ask any of the Hispanic candidates who have run for city council if they felt there was, and I can guarantee you they'll say there wasn't. But that being the case, there's an area in our city with a higher uh, percentage of Hispanic voters than in any other place. And I will point out that Map 113 includes them all in the same district. It does not separate them by district. Um, let me see here. I, I am in favor. I'm, I, I know some are going to disagree. I'm in favor of four districts plus an elected mayor. I think it's very persuasive that the biggest complaint that I have regarding the CVRA is that it takes away the right to vote for five individuals. It is not a voting rights act. It's an opportunity by the act to take away your rights that you have today to vote for five individuals on the city council. Or it could be your school board. or the, It could be anything, and it takes away your rights. So with four districts and an elected mayor, every voter in this city will have the opportunity to vote for two people. It's not five. It's not what I'd like to see, but it's two. And again, those two individuals will not represent, well, one would be a mayor, but the other one would be a district. They do not represent a district. Again, they represent the city. The district is comprised of voters that vote that individual into office. And with a four districts and with a one elected mayor, the districts are 12,000 people versus 95, 9,400 people. When we talk about areas of interest and contiguity and whether or not there's any division, it includes more communities in our homogenous city. We do not live in Los Angeles. There's no separation like there is in Los Angeles between downtown LA and Bel Air and Malibu and Lawndale. We don't have that. We have a homogenous city, and I think that's important. I think with larger districts, it gives the opportunity to keep these communities intact, if you will, for the purposes solely of voting for a representative on the city council who will represent the entire city. Mr. Bastian had a good point, and I hope to goodness he's, he's, he's not predicting the future, but if I'm living in a city and I live in District 3, and I have a concern about something that's happening in District... I'll take a look at Map 112, for instance. If I was in District 1 and I was concerned about something happening in Dove Canyon, such as the business community right there, the, the Dove Canyon Business Park, 
I would certainly hope that I can go to my, my representative that I voted for, and that representative will care just as much about Dove Canyon as he or she does about that particular district. That's the point. That, that's the point. That's why I am not in favor, unfortunately, of the CBRA. I think it's horrible. Um, Ms. Abel, I, Patty, I, I agree with so much of the things that you say. You and I have had a lot of cordial conversations. I, I do disagree, however. We've taken an oath to abide by the federal and state constitution. We don't lose our First Amendment rights to talk about something that's coming down from Sacramento uh, that we don't agree with. We don't. And I think we're obligated to even discuss it here, too. We don't lose our First Amendment rights by the fact that we've been elected to sit up here. So um, I still, as I did uh, at the last meeting, I still favor 113. And the alternative, I think I said it was 114, because map 112 is a five-district map. Um, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm really solid on the four and one. I really am. I, I think our residents deserve it. I think a lot of residents, not the folks in this audience, because you folks have all kept up with all of this, but frankly, I think a lot of our residents are going to be shocked come 2024 that they're going to get information saying, well, I'm voting for this, and I'm not voting for, I'm voting for a district. I'm, they're going to be shocked. And I, I dare say, uh, they're, I think the majority are going to be not happy about it. And... Um, and that, again, goes back to the fact I just want to thank you for being here. I think it's important. I think a lot of us may disagree on these issues, but the one thing we can agree on is we love this city. We're doing the very best we can by this city, and uh, you're certainly supporting that by being here tonight. So thank you. Thank you. Councilmember Beal. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Once again, uh, I'll echo uh, thank you to all the residents that have uh, submitted proposed maps, send us your written comments or spoke to us either at our public workshops or our public hearings. Um, this public input is crucial, crucial to all of us in making our decisions. And through this process, we've heard many competing points of view. So these are my thoughts and my conclusions based on everything that's been presenting, presented to me in this process. I'll start off by saying I'm really deeply disappointed that we have been forced into this situation. And there's no other way to say it. We have been forced. Um, I love this community. Rancho Santa Margarita is an award-winning, master-planned community. And I've said it many times that I believe it's that master plan that gives all of us that call Rancho Santa Margarita home that special quality of life that we all enjoy. Our city was designed so that a variety and a mixture of people and housing types are spread throughout the city. And what also makes us really unique in Rancho Santa Margarita is the prevalence of homeowner associations. They're a very important part of the social fabric of this city. They identify, they protect, they govern each of our individual neighborhoods and communities. And my fear is that if we start ever chipping away at that master plan, it's that master plan is the one thing that makes our community unique, then before you know it, we are going to start looking more and more like other places like Los Angeles or San Francisco or older communities in Orange County. And we had a comment from... 
uh, one of our well-respected realtors, realtors in town today, saying how, as a realtor licensed in 1980, I see people that used to want to live in Irvine and other areas flocking to Rancho Santa Margarita. And I found that interesting because I read today online um, a lengthy comment put up by someone that I know that served uh, as an elected official in the city of Irvine for many years. And she was bemoaning the changes that have occurred in the city of Irvine. And she spoke of terrible traffic, increased crime, rising rents to the point that there's no long-term residence in the for-rent apartment projects because they're continually getting priced out of the market. That leads to a lack of a sense of belonging, no sense of community. There's a lack of pride of ownership. When you lose that, you're not looking out for your neighbors. You don't feel like you belong. You don't feel... you don't care as much for your neighbors. And that is a diminishment of the quality of life, a quality of life that for years the residents enjoyed. In my opinion, Irvine has suffered from self-inflicted wounds, and they failed to protect. Their their elected officials failed to protect their award-winning master plan, and the residents are now suffering the consequences. So... Contrary to what some seem to argue for, governing, especially at a local level, at a city council, it's not a social experiment. Our city does not have a history of racially polarized voting. I completely reject that assertion. I would strongly prefer that we keep our current at-large election process because through the years, in the wisdom of the voters of this city, I think those that have served on this city council have established a very proud legacy, something that they will look back on and I think our residents can look back on with great pride. Continually a strong, balanced budget, continually ranked as one of the very safest cities in the entire state of California. And that's not something that can be said by all of our neighbors anymore. We take it for granted, and I think many people do, Well, it'll always be that way. We're Rancho Santa Margarita. That's how they used to feel in Irvine. It's important to always protect our master plan. But as I mentioned, our hand is being forced to switch to districts. Uh, And I believe this is a misguided social experiment to push a particular political agenda. It was written to, in effect, force all cities into districts. To me, that's arbitrary. There's no concern regarding merit and trusting in the wisdom of the voters. And the result is it disenfranchises the voters in Rancho Santa Margaritas, who today have always enjoyed five votes to directly elect every member of the city council and to have every member of the city council being directly responsive to them. The law in California is very poorly written, It's based upon trying to eradicate racially polarized voting, which they fail to even define. They give no clear guidance to the cities or courts as to what that means, and therefore it's a one-size-fits-all approach with no guidance, and it takes into account zero 
not at all. It doesn't take into account any of the issues that make a master plan city like ours different. Every single city that has challenged this law has lost, and in the process lost millions of city dollars. And that's not a risk that I believe the city council should take. I know some residents don't like that the members of the city council are the ones that make the ultimate decision here. Again, we all took an oath to support the Constitution of the federal government in the state of California and to obey the laws, and that's what we're doing. The law requires us to do this. So if you don't like that we are charged with making that decision, your beef is not with us. It's with the state of California that passed this law. So as a result, we have two immediate decisions before us. One is, shall we change to a five separate districts or to four districts with one directly elected mayor? And secondly, what map should we adopt? In my opinion, we should, and I support changing to four districts plus one directly elected mayor for the reasons we've heard. I think that gives every voter at least the opportunity to vote directly for two of their elected representatives. Two is better than one, which is all you get if it's five. Again, I trust in the wisdom of the voters, and my goal is to provide the voters of this great city with as much voting power and control at all times as possible. With respect to the map, I, I still support the adoption of map 113. I want it to be known that this map was not prepared by the city's demographer, but was prepared by a group of concerned Rancho Santa Margarita residents, and I think that's important. It does, as has been mentioned, have a very low population deviation of 3.7%. It also follows the boundaries of our homeowners associations and keep them intact, which is important because it's these, as a master plan community, these HOAs play a major role in governing our individual neighborhoods and communities and the lives of our res residents, and I think it's crucial that we respect that. One, map 113 does that. Those are my thoughts, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Council Member Figueroa. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, well, I agree with a lot of my council members tonight that I think it's very unfortunate that we're losing at-large voting tonight um, and having to go into districts. Um, it's, it's, it's really sad in a lot of ways. Redistricting does divide communities and divides cities, and there's a lot of examples of that. Uh, I agree with Councilmember McGurr's comments that I think what I'm most offended about is that redistricting takes your voting opportunities away. And I'd rather our residents vote for two council members instead of just one. Um, I'm also really a strong proponent of keeping our districts as balanced as possible, which is why I still like Map 113. And 113 still provides the most representation for Rancho Santa Margarita residents. And it meets the requirements of our Fair Maps Act. It's contiguous as well. And I also want to again thank all of our residents. Um, I, we had a public speaker tonight that said that this wasn't a fun process. I was actually 
thanking our residents for taking the time to learn about redistricting and that it is not a fun process to learn about. And they took the time to learn about it, to do their research on it, and to submit their opinions to us. And we value that greatly here at Rancho Santa Margarita. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem Gamble. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. In 1995, uh, a group of residents uh, decided they wanted to form a city out of uh, unincorporated area that went from uh, Foothill Ranch across um, the back of Lake Forest and incorporated some of the canyon uh, on, off El Toro Road and uh, wrapped North Mission Viejo, came into Rancho Santa Margarita, and extended down to what we now know is Rancho Mission Viejo. And so it was called the Super City, and it was an 11 community effort to incorporate these unincorporated areas. And that was a five-year uh, discussion, study, and process uh, that was initiated by the residents. It was not imposed upon any community by anyone that didn't live in the community. And uh, I was a uh, participant in that uh, entire process from 1995 through our incorporation in 2000. And when I look at choices, like um, we are all discussing tonight, and selections and preferences, uh, the passions that were in existence during those very important discussions are similar to the passions and the disagreements that we have here tonight, with one defining difference. Sadly, I see a greater propensity toward nastiness to the people that you don't agree with or I don't agree with. And I, I'm not going to participate in that. In the end, we created a beautiful city that incorporated Dove Canyon, Walden, Robinson Ranch, Rancho Cielo. And they were all communities, beautiful communities, that were not originally anticipated to be part of Rancho Santa Margarita. Uh, and together with what we know now, I'm going to call it Sam Lark area of Rancho Santa Margarita. And there was no hissing or, or cussing or accusations. We all became one city because we are better than that. Tonight I'm speaking uh, as, a, I guess you could call it, a protected council member. Almost every single map that's been drawn, and I don't think there's, I don't think this is a misstatement, includes my area where I live, and I'm the only one that lives in that area. So quite frankly, um, for those that are concerned that there's some self-dealing going on, I think it's more than evident from my perspective that any map would protect my seat. And it's sad to me that I have to say that. I think... Much like the law in California, which I do not support, 
where it is still illegal for a woman to drive a car while wearing a house coat. So just for the record, I don't support that law. There are laws on the books in California, including it is uh, you're required to walk a camel down the street in Indian Wells only between 4 and 6 p.m. So there are a lot of ill-conceived laws, not only in California, but in every state. So I, uh, I will not be um, giving up my First Amendment rights to opine on whether or not it's uh, the government's interest whether I wear my bathrobe or my house coat when I drive a car. Um, so one of the things that uh, really, I think, has created some of this rhetoric is something that Councilmember Beal hit upon. There's really no guidance or definition of what is racially polarized voting. And I think that mistake in those that drafted the law uh, is creating an opportunity, what I would like to call a cottage industry of attorneys who have no interest, no, no particular you know, uh, association with Rancho Santa Margarita, to spew out these letters to various communities because there's a big payday attached to it for them. Back in the late 90s, um, we had a similar problem in my industry, the, the building and construction industry, where we had people going door to door and citing pizza parlors for ADA you know, infractions. We have a problem in California with a law called PAGA, that, uh, the Private Attorney General's Act, which needs to be fixed. So yeah, we've got screwy laws. So does everybody else. I don't believe the people who put this law together intended it to be as screwy as it turned out to be. And I don't think, I really don't intend, I don't really don't believe, uh, even though I don't agree with the law, that they intended to form a cottage industry for lawyers to sue cities. Nonetheless, um, years ago, there was a, uh, I believe it was referred to, and I want to clarify this, uh, a proposal to convert Rancho Santa Margarita's uh, incorporation from a five-member city council to a four-member city council elected mayor, and that is different than the complying with this law, for which we have no choice. So uh, that was just as um, distasteful in me as picking districts are now. To me, we divide each other when we do things like this. We don't, we don't put ourselves together. And so, quite frankly, and I'm gonna go back, and I don't wanna sound like you know, I'm going down the, the uh, memory lane here too far. From 1995 to 2000, I worked just as a volunteer and actually became an officer to create this city. And we had over 220 volunteers because we didn't have email and cell phones back in those days. We had phone trees with senior citizens. And you're, you're laughing, doctor. Yes, that's how we did it. That's the only way we communicated with each other. And to this day, I can tell you, I have the slightest idea what political party those 220 people were in. I don't know if they were Republicans, 
decline to state, or Democrats. And you know what? I don't care. And I think we all need to stop caring so much about that. You know what we need to care about is each other and our community and what's best. 50% of the people in this community are going to agree with me. 50% of the people are not going to agree with me. But that doesn't make them bad people, in my opinion. And I hope, in their opinion, I'm not a bad person because they don't agree with me. So I have concerns with rhetoric like illegal and lawsuit and up to code. And I would like you, doctor, and you, Mr. City Attorney, to opine on those statements. They're inflammatory. I'll start, and then I'll turn it over to Dr. Um, Mr. Justin. The maps at issue all comply with the criteria set forth in state law. I want to make that point abundantly clear. I also want to make the point that the city council did not draw any of these maps. The city planners did not draw any of these maps. City staff, city management staff, did not draw any of these maps. And obviously, the city attorney's office didn't touch any of these maps. The draft maps were drawn by the people, with a few that were drawn by NDC, which is the premier independent demographic firm. Uh, some would argue that they are number one in the state of California. I would challenge anyone to do their research about NDC, to check their, reputa rep their reputation, check their credentials. In my opinion, I've been watching the CVRI play out for over 10 years, and I've always identified NDC as the premier demographic firm. With that said, NDC reviewed all of the maps and confirmed their compliance with the criteria with state law and has opined as to their legal defensibility, which I concur with. Map drawing and the CVRA are about addressing racially polarized voting and vote dilution, something that's been seldom mentioned here this evening by speakers, to help protect the protected class of voters. It is not about personal attacks on or apparent dislike for incumbents in office by a few. The city strictly followed state and federal law and the safe harbor provisions that are spelled out in state law to ensure a complete process that was done in strict conformance with all the legal requirements. The focus, the legal focus, is on ensuring fair and effective representation. All of the focus maps do that. All of them do it? All of them do it. Okay. Thank you. I'll turn it over to Justin. Sure, and um, I will just add to that that, um, as we said, when we have had maps that we believed had issues or challenges, for example, two maps that were not population balanced within the 10% deviation, we have noted that. Uh, we believe that all the maps are legally compliant and would pass muster. Um, a lot of this discussion has focused in on issues where even the law itself has left it open for a community to interpret for itself what our communities of interest and neighborhoods are. And we very hurriedly strong, third, you know, even before we started, when we were doing our initial research, we heard about the SAMLARC sub-HOAs and the importance mm -hmm. of that, and we use that as our foundational neighborhoods. Uh, we talked in our first two hearings about how census geography literally cuts those neighborhoods up into all sorts of pieces, and one of the first things we did was put those pieces back together into those sub-HOAs. 
um, how those sub-HOAs connect to each other. Uh, we saw lots of different options. And we've heard comments, um, testimony on communities of interest, on the, the relationship. That includes a lot of different factors. Um, frankly, that's not my place to judge because I can tell you whether or not a map is contiguous or population balanced, but I can't speak for how well a map accurately depicts the communities of interest in a community. And that's really where the council's job and council's responsibility is to find that map. Um, and that's where we are tonight, is at the point where we do believe that in terms of the legal requirements, all the map focus maps, all of the maps other than two, that are not population balanced would meet that requirement. And so now it really comes into where that testimony, your knowledge of the community, uh, and, you're in, and thinking about that question that the law poses in the broadest sense of the word, what is the most fair and effective way to represent the community? Um, that's what the question is in front of us tonight to find that map. And we may disagree, you know, um, I have one scholar actually defined gerrymandering as a map that somebody doesn't like because <laughs> it's, <laughs> and you know, normally we think of gerrymandering in racial or um, po political terms, but oftentimes if you don't like a map, it's of course it's a gerrymander because it's not the map you would have chosen. And that's partly why the law requires every few years, every decade, we have to revisit this so we have to make sure that it still works for the community. Um, and so I, I have to say that, you know, in many of these cases, it's not everybody likes the final map chosen. Wouldn't be your personal preference. But the idea is that as long as, but the, but doesn't mean it's not legal. Thank you very much. One, one couple more quick questions for you, doctor. Have you and I ever had a meeting? No. Have you and I ever had a telephone call? No. Have you and I exchanged emails? Have you and I had any communications outside of your presentation here? My only co communication with any member of the council has been in a council meeting. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate that. I am a fan, as I said, of, of uh, actually, I think I've started the bandwagon on Map 113. Map 113 was drawn by a resident. I uh, prefer map 113 it keeps a uh, Hispanic uh, community intact in one of the districts it doesn't split them up I also like the uh, connection of Robinson Ranch and Dove Canyon and because of the uh, need to have the community's population balanced uh, the natural to me the natural demarcation points Antonio Parkway uh, I think the majority of the community in the central part of the city, uh, what is shown in, in dark blue, um, is uh, a significant area of community interest. Uh, the green section in that, which would be Melinda Heights, where I live, uh, extends uh, into uh, a little bit into the city. However, in order to get the, the population balanced um, requirements, and also I think the Antonio, um, sorry, the purple section um, does keep uh, actually a community of interest together around the golf course. Uh, and for that reason, and it has a low, a very low 
deviation. I was also interested in, and I hadn't spoke about this, um, the business park has areas that are adjacent to residential areas, and I, I consider them high resource areas. Now our businesses are not counted as residents, and our business owners, not all of them, are residents of Rancho San Margarita. Um, I want to make sure that those uh, residents around the business park have sufficient representation. I don't like the idea of giving up my ability to cast a vote for uh, five members of the city council. Uh, and so the lesser of that evil is the ability to cast a vote for two members of the city council. Uh, the maps are legal. Uh, I understand and I really do appreciate the time that the people took not only to comment on them, but to come here and learn about the process and to share your thoughts with us because it's this is how I learn about you and what you want. Um, I have, uh, it, it's very interesting. It's half of the community is once five districts and half once four. Uh, this council member is a fan of four uh, because I would like my residents to have two votes. Uh, I also um, want to encourage more harmony because I, I really do think we are much better than what we see on television in Washington. Uh, and certainly I'm a citizen of the United States, so I, um, I intend to follow the laws in Washington, but I, I really think we can do better than, than that. And for that matter, uh, I'm going to stick with where I started uh, with this was uh, map 113. And that is the only map that I support. Thank you. <clears throat> well, first of all, I want to some thanks here. Um, thanks to you folks that are here and those of you that aren't here that have had input on this most uh, important item and also I want to thank to our, thanks to our staff who've really done the heavy lifting with all of this. I mean, this process has been lengthy and detailed, and it's the first time anybody in the staff has done it, and I think they've done a great job. Um, and so with that, I asked the question, is there a perfect map here? Well, I don't know if there's perfection anywhere in this world, but um, what I look at in making a decision is the same thing that every council members in this city has ever done is what is in the best interest of our residents. And the reason I can say that definitively is if we had a conflict of interest in a decision, meaning there would be um, a monetary advantage to us or any other advantage, our city attorney would say, you have a conflict of interest, you can't vote. As a matter of fact, you've got to vacate your seat during that item. So that being said, this I look at and then the second we look at the process. Those of you that have been here or listened to this or read about it, this process has been lengthy, uh, detailed. This staff has gone all out. Um, Dr. Levitt's been great in terms of bringing this process uh, and just you know giving the facts. Um, so I trust this process. I trust the, the decisions of this council because there's, we don't have any personal gain here. And if, if there was a scenario where we could have personal gain, the state leaders that implemented this program would have said, 
As a matter of fact, city council can't vote on this. It's got to go to the public. Well, that didn't happen. So even at that level, it's been put on the city council to make this decision, and that's what we're doing. And I have no doubt that all these decisions and everything I've heard tonight are all based on what's, what are the best interests, interests of our residents. And those, those, those few in this, this um, community that, that want our, all of us to be recalled immediately because apparently the demise of the city is imminent, it's just not the case. Take a look. So the decisions that have been made here, for the most part, have been pretty productive, tied in with the process that staff has allowed us to um, get to that point. So I'm confident in the decision here being a decision based on the best interest of our residents. And I'm not going to go into all the reasons because, again, all the reasons that I'm going to vote for the map I'm going to vote for have been stated here, and I'm the last one to go, and I don't want to. It's, it's getting late. So that being said, I feel that the map is the best interest of the residents is map 113. That being said, it sounds like there are five people that uh, on this council that uh, or prefer 113. I'll turn it over to the city attorney at this point. Okay, so clearly the consensus of the uh, council, unanimous consensus of the council is for final district map selection is 113. The next part of the discussion and deliberation will be sequencing. And uh, perhaps Dr. Levitt will want to explain more about sequencing, but sequencing decision that have to be made tonight is with four districts and directly elected to mayor, which will be up for election in November 2024, and which district and or mayor will be up in November 2026. That now has to be decided by the council. I don't know if Dr. Levitt yeah, has any I, I would presentation I, on... I, I don't know that everybody would know this process as much as we might with the mapping. So if you could just give us a brief, a brief summary of um, the sequencing, please. Sure. Um, anytime a map is adopted, uh, when it's in the transition from at-large to district elections, it has to be accompanied by what they call the sequence of elections, which election years each district will be assigned to uh, for the regular next scheduled election. Now, we um, have to keep the same number of seats up for election in the same years. So this means that two seats must be put up for election in 2024, and three seats must be put up in 2026. Um, that one of those positions is obviously going to be the mayor in this map 113. So the, a part of this decision is which election cycle does the mayor seat occur on, and which election cycle, which districts do we put up in which election year? Uh, now, the most straightforward interpretation of state law here uh, is to minimize impact on current voters. And that means that if there is a seat that only has one representative living in it, that seat would automatically go be assigned for that election year. Um, we lay this out in our sequencing memo, uh, which is in the agenda packet for today. Um, and so I, I believe uh, I believe this will take care of the majority of it, and then it will just be a question of whether or not we have the mayor in 2024 with the third council seat up in 2026, or... Do we want to have two council seats up in 2024 and the mayor and two council seats up in 2026? Thank you. Anything else to add, Greg? Well, we'll open that up to the... Are there any other questions of staff about the sequencing before we go on to deliberation? Any points of clarification? Okay, I'm going to start with Councilmember Beal. Take a stab at sequencing. 
or I can move on to someone else and come back. No, that's fine. Let Thanks, me Mr. Mayor. I can jump in because it doesn't matter what we do because I think my district needs to run in the next election. Go ahead. Because it'd ahead. be up anyway. I was just going to say point of clarification is referenced on page five of the staff report. I think we have attachments B and C. And given the action that we just took, I think that attachment C, which is a draft ordinance, is the applicable ordinance, then we need to fill in the blanks that are set forth on page mm -hmm. 55. Yes, so when the council decides sequencing, I will then suggest a motion for the council. I will read uh, proposed ordinance alternative B on the face of the agenda, and I will read into the record the blanks in the ordinance so that it's made abundantly clear what we're filling in on the ordinance to be introduced this evening. I'll, I'll defer to Councilmember okay. Gamble. I just wanted to point out that Fair one clarification. Well, I was, uh, you know, not that running for election is, is anyone's favorite thing to do, but uh, I think the fair thing is, is that since my election was in 2020, my next regular election or an election for my seat that's currently occupied by me would occur in 2024. And based on map three, that would mean district three uh, would be in the 2024 election. And so then the question would be whether or not we had, you know, a representative from District 241 and the remaining members, um, the only other, the remaining members actually just got elected two years ago with the exception of Council Member Beal. So I think, I think I'd like to settle the mayor issue in uh, 2024. So it's mayor and district three, at-large mayor and district three. And my proposal is district one, district two, and district four in 2026. Everybody, any other questions about that? Comments or questions from the council? We need to Are there any disagreement or any other sequencing to be discussed? Councilmember Figueroa. Thank you, um, Mr. Mayor. Um, well, I, I agree. Um, district, I guess the new District 3 would be up technically in 2024, so I would like to see that happen um, as scheduled. Uh, and then also, because we have decided to go with an elected mayor, um, I, I would like to see that come to fruition sooner than later and not wait to 2026. So um, I would be in agreement with uh, Councilmember Gamble. Or may I approach I, again? I'll make that. I'll make a motion for that. Just, just to put it out there. Okay. We, we so, have a motion. Yeah. So, if I can suggest a motion, it would be in following the recommended action on the agenda, to introduce for first reading, read by title only, and waive further reading of proposed ordinance alternative B. The title of that ordinance would be an ordinance of the City Council of the City of Rancho Santa Margarita, California, adding sections 2.01.080 and 2.01.090 to Chapter 2.01 of Title II of the City of Rancho Santa Margarita Municipal Code, implementing by-district elections of council members from four council districts, establishing boundary lines, therefore, with the mayor elected at large, with selection of District Map 113 and the sequencing that was mentioned by the council. The other requirement would be to, if everyone would follow along, to page 53 of the agenda packet, it's attachment C. This is the proposed ordinance for introduction. On page 55, 
section 2.01.090 council districts moving down to subsection b as in boy transition to council districts further subsection b2 it would read as follows the mayor elected at large and the council member of council district 3 shall be elected at the general municipal election in november of 2024 and at the general municipal election every four years thereafter following down to subsection b3 it would read as follows Council member shall be elected in council districts one, two, and four. Strike that, it's plural. Council members, not singular. Council members shall be elected in council districts one, two, and four at the general municipal election in November 2026 and at the general municipal election every four years thereafter. The remainder of the proposed ordinance would be the same as presented in the agenda packet. With that, that would be my suggested motion for the council this evening. So if a council member wanted to make that motion, could we just say what you said? Yes, ma'am. Okay, mm-hmm. what Greg just said. Okay. I have a second. Okay. I'll second. Second. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Motion carries unanimously. Thank you all. Item six, moving on. Continued items. We don't have any. Item seven, new business, we have none. Item eight, public comments. This is the time to address the city council on any matter not listed on this agenda. That is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person. This segment of the public comments portion of the agenda shall not exceed a total of 15 minutes. We have one speaker request form, Chris McLaughlin. There's any interest in, in speaking, just fill out a form in the back, please. Good evening again, City Council, Mayor Holloway. Uh, Something jogged my memory um, as we were listening to all this. I thought it'd be appropriate. It's parallel or tangential to uh, district voting, but um, I wanted to focus on the government code, uh, section 24886. Uh, I believe it states that um, city councils have the authority to transition to districts, either uh, four point or four and one, uh, four districts and a mayor, or five districts, and without the approval of the people, uh, they don't. The, the uh, I think in the past, uh, cities were required to submit uh, the map to the people for approval, and that's no longer the case. And the reason why that's no longer the case, and I learned this on Saturday at the workshop with uh, the president of NDC, explained that um, in the past, cities would get threatened with a CVRA. Uh, a lawsuit, they would come up with some maps, put it to the people for approval, and they'd all get voted no, and then the city would get sued for a CVRA violation. So the uh, state legislature removed the uh, you know, updated government code 24886 to uh, not require cities to have uh, the voters approve district maps. Uh, the other th- part about that that's important is the uh, maps do not need to be approved by the people, but then the city council has to follow the Fair Maps Act. So I think that's important that this whole process, I was looking at the maps thinking they don't follow the criteria at all. I thought it was actually optional, like suggestions. Every time we see it in the the packet, it's like, well, here's the state guidelines. They're not guidelines, they're absolute requirements. And the reason why 
is the inherent conflict of interest with you voting on your own voters and not having to be approved by the voters. The only way that's fair is if you follow these directions. If you follow these directions, then it kind of removes your ability to gerrymander them for your own benefit. And you absolutely can if you're going to get voted out of office because you live too close to each other unless you draw the lines between your houses. That's what's happened here. That's not in compliance. And you're required to follow these guidelines. It's the only way it makes it fair that sitting elected officials vote on their own maps is if they follow these ones that are focused on neighborhoods and actual criteria of areas and not just sub-HOAs. Those are tiny little neighborhoods. Those don't, it says right there in the packet, areas around schools and parks are the same neighborhood. I don't know why you don't consider Arroyo Vista one big neighborhood. And, it, you know, I just thought I'd clarify that. That's where the uh, law comes from and the only way to make it fair. Thanks. Thank you. Next speaker is, we have one more speaker. Bye. Mayor, if I may real quick, I didn't want to interrupt the speaker. I didn't want to be rude. But this portion of the public comment section is, once again, for non-agendized items. Anything related to the last item would not be appropriate for further discussion because that matter has been voted on and is no longer uh, germane or on the table for the council at this point. The speaker that's coming up, FISA, is it on the same issue? Was it 5.1 or a different issue? It is the same. Um, I just have one comment. And well, I'm hang on, hold on. To, to my question, and, and the reason I'm going to ask this too, um, since we let Chris talk about that, do I need to let her talk about that? Okay, and it's my error because it's got to be a different subject than what you've already spoken to. It's got to be on a different agenda item, so I or or the, just a non-agenda item. Okay, is so that what can, you is that what you have? We can make it non-agenda item. I am not going to talk about what Chris said, but the topic is the same though. But we can keep it non-agenda item. I just want to say one thing based on what I have learned today, if oh, okay. you allow me to. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so just one thing. Um, so I come here with an unbiased opinion. I do not favor four district, five district. But what I have learned today is that half of the participants here today favored four district, map 113 and the other so one. So you are talking about 5-1? Um, yeah, I, I can't do, I, it's my fault that I let Chris do it, it's my fault, but I, it, it, we want to be, we want to be fair. So it's got to be though. a different, it's got to be a different subject. Okay, go ahead. You have another subject? I have the map related topic. A, yes, you can submit that at another, another meeting, but um, okay. this is not for that time. So in the other meeting, we will not have the expert here though. But if you have something else to say, please do, but we, we can't have you speak about 5-1 again. I'm sorry. You heard the city attorney. All right. Yeah, how it is not a precedent. To be clear, the council allowed? has established policies and procedures. There's rules of decorum. All of the procedures have been established. We weren't aware of what Mr. McLaughlin was going to speak about. And out of professional courtesy and not to be rude to Mr. McLaughlin, I allowed it to continue. But I do not recommend that we continue further violating the council's policies. That is the opinion of the city attorney. Thank you. So I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, I respect that, but it's unfair that one resident got a favor and another didn't. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Thank you. Any other comments? Any other public comments? Okay. I can't hear you. All right. Item nine, city manager report. I have nothing this evening. Thank you. Thank you. 
Item 10, matters presented by Mayor and City Council Members, 10.1, Committee Assignment Reports, Foot Foothill Eastern Transportation Corridor, Council Member Beal. Yes, we had our board meeting on September 14th. Um, one of the highlights of that was a budget status report for the current fiscal year. And I'm pleased to report that the TCA is in strong, healthy uh, financial situation. Um, toll road usage has resulted in a 6% revenue increase year over year. Expenditures at the agency were below budget. So we continue to be in, as I say, a strong financial condition. We have debt expenses that were under budget by, because of an early paydown of $125 million in bond principal, which resulted in savings to the TCA of $6.6 .6 million of interest in fiscal year 23, 2023 and 180, 180 million dollars in total savings. So um, financially, the TCA is in great condition in the budget, current budget cycle and looking into the future. Thank you. Thank you. Item 10.2, council member reports comments from my left. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. We'd just like to congratulate staff on completing the long-awaited, never-ending HVAC project. Um, uh, it, this was a project to replace the original air conditioning units on the building with more energy-efficient air conditioning units. And uh, due to supply chain issues that occurred during COVID, this project went on and on and on, and so I would like to congratulate uh, staff for getting it done and also some excellent testing that I know most proper, I know Jennifer's smiling at me, most property owners uh, make terrible mistakes with, and so I want to congratulate our build. I believe it's Mr. Gregory, who our staff member made sure that he tested it properly, and so it was our it was our building inspector uh, Shane. What's Shane's last name? Shane Mall. Shane, Shane Mall with no uh, no with the with, we uh, have two Shanes. Wow, we have three Shanes. We have three Shanes. Yes, okay. but it's our building inspector. Okay. Yes, and so this is a requirement um, in the California Building Code to shut down all air moving equipment over two thousand cfm in the event of a fire, and most people. Uh, failed to do that, but so I was very proud to learn that our building inspector caught that and made sure that we were going to be safe in the event of a fire. So I wanted to do a shout out because most people don't get that right, but we did. Thank you very much. Councilmember Beal. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, just wanted to let everybody know who doesn't know already that RSM Cares twice a month does a food pantry on Wednesdays and fortunately do the high cost of living right now and goods and services. Um, the numbers of families that are visiting the food pantry are growing each and every week. So if you can in your heart, if you are able to, um, if you can please buy an extra food item um, here in town, there are food bins everywhere um, at most of our major stores as well as Starbucks. If you can drop in a food item or two, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you. I just want to uh, thank the Sheriff's Department and the Chief of Police for continuing to 
keep our residents and businesses safe, especially those young e-bikers um, that seem to test the limits like we probably would have at 13 with a motorized bike. Um, thank you for what you're doing. You're saving lives. Um, and I always want to uh, talk about Shop and Dine, but I know Josh talked a lot, lot about it earlier, but it always bears repeating when we read about businesses that are closing for different reasons. Um, and the more we spend here, the more likely these our businesses will, will stay here and, and be able to be open for business. So thank you for what you're doing again um, and all the residents and visitors that spend their money here. Uh, thank you so much. This meeting will be adjourned. The next regular meeting of the City Council will be held on Wednesday, October 11, 2023 at 7 p.m. in the City Council Chambers. Meeting adjourned.